everyone. Thank you for joining us. You are now tuned into Trish Chat, a series that aims to normalize vulnerability through conversation. Our episodes promote meaningful dialogue around identity, culture, and real-life stories. We are your hosts, Steph and Jess, and everything you'll hear in our episodes are based on personal experiences. Be sure to tune in every Monday to hear our latest episodes. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Trish Chat. My name is Steph, and I'm here with Jess. Hello, hello. Um, we are back after spending the last month moving across the country, back to New York, and finding a place to live, and getting our stuff all settled, um, and trying to build uh, a new life in a way, even though uh, we're both from New York, we lived in San Francisco for two years, and we moved back um, in late April. Um, we are two very different people now. So just, um, coming back and kind of adjusting to a city that we left behind as two like younger and less having less self-awareness, um, just coming back and, and kind of, um, reconciliating all of that. So it's been, it's been quite a month. Um, how are you feeling, Jess? Same. <laughs> Just same. Yeah. Um, it's been, it's been a wild ride, but I am super grateful and blessed to be back home in, in our home city. Um, this is definitely something that Steph and I both wanted, um, for a little while now. And I'm just glad that we were able to make it happen when we did, um, there's a lot happening in the world right now. And so um, I think that that put a lot more um, challenges in front of us. Oh, yeah. Um, but I I am super grateful that we are safe, that we made it here, uh, that we are near our uh, family and friends, and that, you know, we were privileged enough to find a place to live and get all of our stuff here, get ourselves here safely. Um, Baxter loves it here. He loves all the new smells. There's a lot of smells in New York. Um, but yeah, everything's great. I'm super, super happy to be back home. Um, I'm excited to continue Trish chat, um, where it started, where it started and explore that even more as, as you mentioned, as, as two different people. And yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just overall excited just to be back. And, um, I am excited yet. Um, I don't know the word, not worried, but I'm just, scared about the conversation we're going to have now mm -hmm. around everything that's happening in the world. Um, and yeah, it's just been, it's been, it's been a heavy time. And I just, you know, we were talking about this, about getting back on our podcast and, you know, I want to make sure we both want to make sure that we're not being tone deaf to everything going on. We yeah. also want to make sure that we're not bombarding people with, you know, more of the same, you know, pain and trauma, like around the topics. But I think it is important that we show up and we, we speak about what's going on. 
um, right now. Too much shit has gone down to not talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So here we are. Here we are. I want to say an aside before we start. Yeah. I recognize how important therapy has been to me in the last month because I, so uh, we lived in California. My therapist was based in San Francisco. So the clients that my therapist had were living in San Francisco. So at the point where um, I decided to move to New York, I could no longer work with that therapist. And um, in the process of like moving and getting adjusted and everything, I've had a month gap between the last time I saw my former therapist and when I'm going to see my new therapist. And let me tell you, a lot of like patterns that I thought were gone have come back up in terms of like severe imposter syndrome, severe like, um, um, like desire for perfectionism, really bad anxiety, uh, just like the whole like cocktail in a way, mm-hmm. um, has come back up. So it just, it showed me how important it is to do the things that I need to take care of myself, even when it feels like, like the world and like, and, and, and I am too busy mm-hmm. because in my mind I was like, well, I'm moving. It's just like a big transition. It's a lot. And I'm like, I don't want to start a new relationship with a therapist until I'm more settled in and mm, it's been rough. Yeah. I hear that. I mean, I've been fortunate that, um, I've been able to meet with mine. Uh, we just transitioned off and it was very sad, but it is sad. It's, it's definitely crucial during like transition periods, you know, cause yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot of stress and anxiety behind that. Um, and when, when therapy becomes such an important part of your life and you kind of lean on that, um, I can see how it can feel, uh, the way it did for you. Yeah. And it's more than it's for, for me, the example is therapy, but um, I'm also sharing this for people. Um, the world is seeing something unprecedented right now. And I think a lot of the stuff that we thought was helpful, like for, for some of us who loved retail therapy and like going into stores and just looking at things as like a stress reliever. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't really have that anymore. Like a commute. Um, we don't really have that anymore. So just, I think it's just calling for a time to be very intentional and very aware about the things that you need to be able to show up Mm -hmm. um, and take care of yourself before you're able to like give to anyone. Agreed. So now that we've done that aside, um, like we said, a lot of shit has gone down and we wanted to get on the mic and address it. And I'm still processing everything that's gone on. So like my eyes are getting watery as I'm even talking about it. But Jess and I wanted, we thought it was really important to talk about it. So the world is going through coronavirus. um, And we're seeing the stats that um, COVID is disproportionately impacting low income and black and brown communities um, at a much higher rate versus our white communities. Um, and that's, that's a struggle and, and, and really like just something really hard um, 
to deal with. And I can imagine the anxiety that that's producing for, um, for, for those of us who like, I'm very privileged in that I can work from home and I have great health insurance, but I have a lot of people in my community that I know don't have the same privilege and are like essential workers mm -hmm. and don't have the privilege of having paid sick leave if they so happen to get a very, very, like if their body responds in a very bad way to coronavirus and they need to be hospitalized. So that's just like a lot to take in because for me, black and brown people just have to deal with so much mm -hmm. with like white supremacy, racism, mm -hmm. all the things. And then to top, to like add this on top, that's a lot. Um, but on top of that, the most recent shit that's gone down that really needs to be talked about is the black men and black women that have unjustly lost their lives due to police brutality and due to white supremacy and racism. Mm -hmm. And that's all happening on top of coronavirus, on top of the trauma that black and brown people carry with them every day. And so over the last couple of days, there have been a lot of protests all over the country. Um, people are really fed up. Um, but the, pro the protests have also really shown how ignorant people can be around the conversation of what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, And there's also videos and images surfacing of how the protesters are being like violently mistreated, which is, is maddening and sad at the same time. We're also on top of that dealing with a president who basically um, threatened violence against protesters and called them thugs but didn't say anything about, well, didn't say anything negative about the armed protesters um, who were white and don't want to wear a face mask mm -hmm. and want the states to open back up. So, so with all of that that's going on, I know for myself, and, and Jess has mentioned this as well, there's a lot of emotions that are so tangled and that like have such deep roots, anger, sadness, uh, feeling unworthy, feeling, um, feeling just like anxiety, depression, all of those things. And that can make us feel really powerless. Like, what am I supposed to do to change a system that has existed long before I came into this world and that now is like blowing up in my face um, in, an o in an overt way? Because this has been happening for a long time. It's just that now it's being like captured on social media and like we're bringing more awareness to it. So just, just to lay that down, like this is not new stuff that's happening. Mm -hmm. Um. And so we wanted to do this episode one to like hold space for all of those emotions. This stuff is still happening. We're not talking about something that like happened in the past or something that we have a resolution for. So it's the hope that as we talk and process our feelings, that it will help to hold space for those of you who are listening and are feeling a, a certain type of way about everything that's happening. Um, but also to talk about what meaningful action 
means for us during this time, as well as allyship. Because there's a lot of shit happening out there that is not allyship. Mm-hmm. And we need to address it. So long, long intro. That was good. <laughs> but needed to to say that. So just how are you processing everything that's going on? And what, what's come up for you? A lot of anger. Um, you mentioned a lot of these, but just frustration and helplessness. Um, you know, often, often I feel defeated, um, confused. And then, you know, on the flip side, it's like, I also feel motivated, right? Because I think that, I think a lot of people are processing all of this in a similar way where they find themselves reflecting and checking in on themselves on like, what can I do? Um, to help? What can I do to be better? What can I do to speak up? And, you know, with all those emotions, it, it can, it can be paralyzing in a sense where you just feel like, man, there's literally nothing I can do to like change the systems that exist. Um, but I think it's important to check in on, on those feelings and like, it's okay to have those conflicting feelings because what, what is happening is maddening. Like, I get so upset when I think about this stuff because I, I, sometimes I just can't process it. I just don't understand how there's so many people out there that don't get it, that don't get that this is wrong, that, that people are being treated like this, that people are losing their life for the way they look. And it's frustrating. There, there's so much anger behind that. Um, and so I've been, I've been having a hard time process all those feelings because of everything that's happening in the world. And to your point, like this has, racism has always existed. It's always been this way, but because it's a part of our society. Exactly. But I think social media and all the shit that's out there, it just, it becomes so overwhelming to just see all how this is all captured. And even with all the evidence in the world, nothing changes. You know, so that, that, that will drive people insane. And I just feel for like our communities, I feel for, you know, men of color. I I feel for black men, black women, like I feel for them so much. And, um, it's just maddening. Like I'm, we're going to dive into it and I'm trying not to like get upset because it get upset. I know, but I don't want to get into it so early. Like I want to be able to express myself through the other questions, but to, to sum it all up, it's, it's anger. It's, it's just so much anger and pain in the trauma that exists and how people just don't understand how there are systems in place that make this happen and that this has been going on for so long and how, It just, I just don't get it. I don't get it. If it doesn't affect you, like it doesn't matter. And that's not okay. Silence is compliance. And it speaks so, it's so loud when you're silent. It's so loud. Like when somebody doesn't acknowledge what's happening or can't speak to it or doesn't want to get into it. Like I get it. For some people, 
you know, I will talk about this, but checking in with people, like some people don't want to get into it because they're still processing themselves. But when it's someone white or someone who isn't affected by this, who just is like worried about something, like they're not even like concerned about this. Like they're just too busy. Worried about Amy Cooper's dog. Yeah. Or whoever, or whatever. Like, it's like, why can't there be space for this? Yeah. So that's how I'm feeling and processing right now. Just taking a deep breath because. I feel like I said a lot of nothing, but I just, I, I, there's still, there's too many feelings. I think when it, 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 I think when you have so many emotions that you, you kind of like are touching the surface of them, like you're taking inventory of all the emotions but you haven't gotten to the root of each of those emotions, it can feel like a lot of nothing, but it's actually a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a combination of so many things. It's not like I'm angry because of what's happened. There's fear in that. There's anxiety in that. There's sadness in that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just like... It's, it's difficult to even like show up to work and like be a hundred percent present because you're just like, this shit is happening every day. Mm -hmm. When is it going to stop? Yeah. I think it hurts just seeing the ignorant people out there. I mean, we've been off social media for quite some time, which has been been super helpful uh, for me and like, my mental state. Um, but when I see ignorant shit out there, like all lives matter, that pisses me off. Just straight up. Rightfully so. Because I don't think they understand what they're saying. I don't think they understand. Some people do. I don't. Damn, but they understand that like, I, 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 just, I think people are just ignorant. I don't think they even take a second to try, like, try to understand what, what that means. You said it perfectly before, just about Black Lives Matter and versus All Lives Matter. Like, I don't know if you want to touch on that. When you see everything that Black Lives Matter as a movement is trying to do, and you start up with all lives matter you are taking away from their message and you're basically doing a tit for tat to say like well it's not just black lives that matter all lives matter black lives matter isn't saying that black lives matter is saying stop killing black people for just existing so it doesn't take away from your existence as um a brown person, as a white person, as whatever you are, it doesn't take away from that, but it shines light on a gigantic injustice that has existed for decades that black people have had to endure in this country and they are fed up. So all lives matter is not helpful at all. It's disrespectful. Extremely disrespectful. So, 
I know that you started talking about this, but I, I want to, because we could spend hours just like processing and talking and, mm-hmm. and, and just like going deep into the, like the, 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 the treasure chest of feelings. But I want to talk about like in this time where people, black people, people of color, white people, where they might feel helpless. They might feel like, what can I as a person do to change an entire system? Or when they feel like, you know, we're going out there and we're protesting, but the conversation has been like focused on looting or like violence has been used towards the protesters. Like what other method do I have? What does it mean to you to take meaningful action towards change at this point? I think it's a combination of things and it's something I often, I keep asking myself because I'm always reflecting and, and, and adjusting and saying, what else can I do? What else, what more could I do? But it, it comes down to the same things and I feel like a broken record, but it's, it's speaking up. It is speaking up in, in your circles and, and in your groups and challenging people when they say problematic stuff and, and understanding that and, and helping them understand it. Like if you have the bandwidth and the space for it, just speaking up um, for these communities, using your privilege to speak up. I've had to have some hard conversations over the last few weeks. They weren't fun. They, it wasn't something that I'm like, man, this is what I want to spend my time doing because it's, it's exhausting. It's traumatizing. It's, it's maddening, but it's, I think it's, it's my duty to, Mm -hmm. to, to do that. So speaking of researching, researching the shit out of the internet to see like, what are organizations doing? What are the facts? Who is covering these stories? Who is raising money for these funds? Who is having, you know, rallies and protests like you know Steph and I were just at, at at a protest just now and just like for me it's like numbers mean something people are putting their lives out there to like speak up and, and try to have a a peaceful protest and and, and explain and, and they express their anger with through their words and through community and it's important to show up to these things it's important to be allies in these things mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mentioned like donating, like there's a lot of power in, in, in just donating, you know, your dollar to, 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 to these funds that are fighting these, these systems and racism. And, you know, for, for all the, the, the people who have died and, and, and raising money for their families and thinking about like all the shit that people have to do, not only do like, like, um, do you have to process that your loved one just passed away and how they passed away? Now you have to like finance the whole thing. And some people don't have the money to do that. Yeah. So can you help them do that? Can you help like honor their, their brother, their father in, in, in a, in a respectful way? Can you, can you sign a petition to make sure that the, that the you know, those who took um, the lives 
um, of like George Floyd, of, uh, you know, Ahmaud Arbery, of Breonna Taylor, mm. that, that those people are held accountable. Yeah. Can you call whoever you need to call? There's a lot of government yeah. politicians that need to take action. Writing letters. Can you sign a petition to make sure that the person, the, the woman who called the cops on Christian Cooper in Central Park and said, there's an African-American man threatening my life, even though he wasn't, can you sign a petition or call her employer and make sure that her employer knows exactly the type of person that works there and that she's held accountable? Mm -hmm. And there's tons of like, so there's all these ways, right? Like there's, there's tons of organizations out there, people who are like writers and bloggers that are like, they're giving you lists of things that you can do, organizations you can donate to, people you can call, like, take some time to do that because it it matters, which then leads into like voting, which we've talked about before. Like, I know there's a lot of people who are skeptical about voting and how it works. And I agree. I think that the voting process needs to change. It's not perfect. I know that. But I do think that it's important to keep track of these things and to, it is your right to do that. It is your right to vote for the people who take the seats in your district who have power and who can make change because yes, you might not be the one doing it, but like we as a community have to come together and use, use our, our privilege to help with that. Right. Like I think our interview with Steph, she mentioned this, but uh, our friend Steph B the district attorney has a lot of power. They have a lot of power. And so you need to pay attention to your local elections and mm -hmm. understanding, like following and, and researching who's in office, who's holding all this power and what do they believe in? Do I align with that? Am I cool with this person having another two, four years, whatever, however long they have? And if not, like, are you getting out there and voting? Are you getting out there and like spreading the word about this, educating your, your loved ones? Educating yourself, not missing out on those local elections. Mm -hmm. You so, know, holding your friends accountable and saying like, who are you voting for in this local election? What do you know about them? Let's talk about that. Yeah. And I know that that comes with like time and, you know, I'm guilty of not um, putting effort into that, you know, earlier in my life. But I think as I've, gotten older it's become more aware I realize how important it is to do that and you know so I think speaking of researching you know donating um and voting and 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 just we're all on social media we're all we all take time to get on our phones and scroll through all social media, take a few minutes to just research, how can I help? How can I, you know, what meaningful um, action can I take towards changing this? Because it, it is going to take time. It is. It's going to take, I don't know that I will see it in my lifetime, that massive change is going to happen, but it starts small. Mm -hmm. It starts small. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I agree with everything. Um, I agree with everything you said. I think that this is truly a time to think about like what small actions can I take that will have a meaningful impact? 
And it is the way you spend your dollar. It is the organizations that you support. It's about, you know, making sure that you support the families of those who have unjustly died in any way that you can, whether that is showing up to a protest, whether that is signing a petition, whether that is contributing to a fund, like whatever you can do. Um, and I know that not everyone feels comfortable going to a protest um, because of everything that's going on. Some people are um, immunosuppressed and they can't be in like, you know, large crowds. So, you know, I'm not saying go that, that, that that's what you have to do. And there are safe ways where you can go to a protest and still keep your distance. Mm -hmm. um, but if you don't feel comfortable doing that because of what's going on right now with COVID, you can donate time, donate money, use your social media platform. You may only have 200, 500, 600 followers, but you don't know who's receiving the, your thoughts or the things that you put up and like how you might be changing the way that they think or, or educating them. Mm -hmm. So those are ways that you can make change via your own like authority that you have and, and, and your platforms. Yeah. I want to talk about allyship um, as well, because there's a lot of stuff going on in the protest that is not allyship. And so I want to talk about what it means to be an ally mm -hmm. during this time. And caveat, I'm saying this as a woman of color, um, but I'm not a black man mm -hmm. and I'm not a black woman. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying this from my perspective. Yeah. As an ally. Um, so to preface um, quickly, um, there are people showing up to the protests who are like getting in the face of police officers and agitating them. And um, the photos and the articles that I've seen, it's, it's white people who are doing this. Um, and there are also um, lots of white folks who are taking this time to like break windows, set shit on fire. And that's just not allyship. Like that's just taking away attention from the message that the movement is trying to showcase. And you're also putting the lives of the black and brown people who are at these protests at risk by you doing that. Mm -hmm. So stop it. If you're going to show up, you're a white woman or a white man, and you want to stand in the front lines to provide a shield, Okay, but just remember that your actions impact more than yourself. Yep. Um, so to me, allyship during this time means everything that we just said in terms of taking action, but it also means checking in on your on your on your loved ones. It also means that if you manage a team, if you um, run an organization, check in on the black and brown folks who work with you and ask them if, how they're doing. 
but also ask them if they have space to like, like even talk about that. Um, there's a lot that people are processing right now and showing up to work can be really difficult. And so making that space for um, people of color, but particularly black men and black women at this time is really important. Checking in with your friend, with your black male and black female friends to ask them how they're doing, to send your love to, um, you know, if you know them really well to like volunteer ways that you can be there for them during this time to ask before you even go into that conversation, if they have space and want to talk about it, like that's, that's allyship. And allyship doesn't mean that you went and donated a million dollars to Black Lives Matter. Like if you have a million dollars, you should donate it, but not everyone does. But it, it doesn't mean that you have to do this like really huge thing. It can be as simple as checking in on the people in your life and the people in your job um, just to hold some space for them and to make sure that they're okay. Yeah, I agree. I think that just as an ally, taking a step back to listen. I think that a lot of people, and it's a lot of unlearning, but listen to respond. And you just can't assume that that's what people need. Some people just want you to listen. Some people just want you to ask. You know, I see a lot of, um, which I'm happy about. I see a lot of people posting on LinkedIn about this, which I hadn't seen in the past. Which is, it is, it's awesome. Because it's been super. It's like, let's keep that out of here. Because yeah, it's like a, for like networking not, and not like work. mixing it with like, yeah. but it, this touches all areas of life. And so it's nice to see conversation and dialogue being started in that setting because you're right black men and women people of color still have to go to work they still have to show up and they still have to like with that trauma with that trauma and nobody fucking asked them how they're doing and they and and we also have to deal with all the microaggressions that happen on a daily basis that are triggering based on all the things that are happening in the world. Mm -hmm. And so you see that Ahmad Arbery lost his life because these men decided that they wanted to like police the neighborhood and that he didn't seem to, you know, fit in and think about what it means for the black man or the black woman or the, or the people of color in your office who are asked, hi, can I help you? Are you, what if, are you, are you, are you a guest of someone or mm -hmm. can I, can I help? What are you looking for mm -hmm. when they actually work there? Mm -hmm. Like think about how that impacts them. Yeah. Yeah. So I think just taking a step back and, you know, if, if people want to talk about it, asking what they need, right. We checked in on a bunch of friends over the last few days. And one of the biggest things that we said, it was like, Hey, if you don't want to talk about it, that's cool. I just want to check in. Yeah. And I know like I had, I had friends check in on me, you know, like everyone is feeling this. Everyone is feeling this, but 
it's so important to check in on the folks being killed and targeted right now because it's heavy shit. It's so heavy. And you're right. If you, if you have a team, if you own a company, if you have some sort of privilege in that sense, just think about what can you do to help your colleagues feel safe, feel loved, feel seen, you know, whether that's like having a conversation with them about it, telling them, Hey, take the day off, take Friday off, just be with your feeling, whatever it is that they need. Like what is one thing, one little thing you can do to show up for them? Yeah. And then on the other end of that, or taking it a step further, checking in on like the systems you have in place in your workplace that are affecting people of color who are affecting black men who are affecting this, like, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of systems in place that don't make space for this. Normalize the conversation, normalize it. Don't make it awkward. Normalize the conversation so that more and more companies and more and more people are seeing you as someone who has privilege, if you're white, normalizing the, this conversation so they could be like, wow, I should be doing that too. Yeah. Um, and we've said this before, but you can't name yourself an ally. You just can't. Like the people being targeted right now are the ones that can consider you an ally or not. So... Just make sure that you're checking in with them and being an ally to what they're asking for, not what you think is right to be an ally. Right. Like don't, don't, don't fly with the word and sit and go around saying like, I'm an ally, I'm an ally, I'm an ally, but you're not, you're not even checking in with the communities that you are trying to be an ally of to like temperature check and to um, give them what they need and to use your privilege to, um, to change shit that is impacting communities of color. And it's not just one thing. This is life work. Yeah. You have to forever do this work. So just cause you donate once doesn't make you an ally. Not to say you have to donate all your money, but I'm just saying this is, this is life work. Right. It's not to say don't, don't use the word ally like i just said you know i'm an ally to the black community but that 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 is like that's something that i constantly have to evaluate and check in on and i'm not i'm not asking my black friends like hey do you think i'm an ally i'm not asking that but i'm more so evaluating of like what am i doing to actually like hold space for the black community and to use whatever privilege i have to change systems that are existing that oppress black men and black women. Mm-hmm. How am I educating myself? How am I taking action? How am I spending my dollar? How am I voting? And I think I've said this before, but surround yourself around different people and you'll, under- you'll, you'll understand their struggle. They'll tell you. If you have different types of friends and people around you and not just the same type of people. Like 
you're going to be exposed to that. Cause I know a lot of people are like, I don't know where to start. Like, you know, I don't have any people of color as friends. I don't, it's like, ask yourself why you don't have any people of color as friends, especially if you live in New York city mm-hmm. or a major city Yeah, where it's just a flood of different cultures and all things. Yeah. You know, I'm always challenging myself with that. Right. Like it's not about having a tally of how many different friends, but it's like, Am I making space for people who are different than me in my life? Right. So I think that's the best way to like be there and to learn. Yeah. Um, But it also requires you to show up for those people. Yeah. So it can't just be like, I'm, I'm open. Like I'm going to have, you know, um, people who are different than me in my life. And I'm just going to like learn from them. Like how how are you going to show up for them too? put yourself in those spaces? But don't be taking up too much space. No, but like, it, right. You have to make sure that the space is made and that like you're able to go. But like, it's not about having like a party and inviting your one black friend, right? It's like, why aren't you going to parties that revolve around maybe all people of color and you being the one that's singled out to experience that? Because that's what people of color do all fucking day. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going off and rant. No, it's okay. Um, how, how, like, what message do you want people to take away from this? In this episode? There's so much work to do, but we can do it if we come together and we make space for each other. Um, you You say this all the time, but I think it's like, as you're going through these emotions, there's so many things that you're feeling anger, sadness, frustration, like being kind to yourself through that process, because it can be very um, confusing on like you feeling like you need to do a bunch of things or you're not doing enough or whatever. And it's important to be kind to yourself and take the time you need to process uh, while at the same time making sure that you're reflecting and, and doing what it is you actually need to do. Yes. Um, so I think that's the most important thing here um, that I want people to take away from it. But it's just really just show up, do the work, like ask yourself what that means to you. It means it means different things for different people. And I just ask that you educate yourself Please take some time, spend a little less time on Instagram and a little bit more time on researching things yourself, um, seeing how you can help, um, checking in on your, on your friends and family, making space. If you have privilege to change culture, where you work, where, you know, the spaces you, you, you have, do it, do it, like take the risk, be fear, fearless, like lead the charge on this and get curious and ask questions based on like your privilege. So if you're constantly frequenting, um, is that even a word frequenting? If you're constantly shopping from a certain, um, store or a company or, or a place and, you know, they're saying like, you know, there's like all these cute little signs on that people put on their storefronts that are like, we believe in diversity and like, all people are welcome in here. But when you walk in, it's like an all white staff, mm-hmm. you know, ask questions, say like, Hey, I noticed that that sign out there. Um, but I'm not seeing that reflected, mm-hmm. um, in your staff. So I just, I want to ask about what sort of, you know, plan you have in place to like 
match your promises with your actions? Like, I think that's a fair question. Yeah. Like you can ask that. I agree. And I think also setting boundaries within your circles, right? Like, I think that when you set boundaries and people say problematic shit and checking people on it and just like, for me, like I kind of step away when, when that just, that stuff isn't productive and I don't see change, but that sends a message too. That sends a big message when like you try to have the conversation, it's not happening. And like, you know, ask yourself, who who am I hanging out with? Who am I spending my time with? And Mm -hmm. is, is this serving me? Is this serving what I believe in? And like, you know, what is that for me? And this is personal. Like, don't, this is, this is not me judging anyone, but it's like, if I'm associating myself with people that see the world so opposite for me and like, don't believe in human rights or don't believe in a lot of this stuff and are problematic, like, what does that say about me? Right. Like, who am I giving passes to versus not giving passes to? You know, and and not and and things are and stuff says this all the time, and it's not black and white all the time, right? Like there's a lot of grayness in that, but it's good to reflect on that and and understand what your boundaries are, right? Like if you're okay with that, that's one thing. But if you're not okay with that, like listen to your body and like your energy and like sometimes things no longer serve you, and you have to step away from that. Um, so I like leaving that in there because that's something that I've been practicing a lot lately. Yeah. What are your thoughts? What are your takeaways? I mean, you want I think everything that you said, um, I would say the last piece is um, when you talk about the protests that are going on um, or someone asks you about it, please don't like center the conversation around looting. Um, just this is my point of view, but it's really irritating and like very um, small minded in a way that what you're focusing on is 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 looting because you're basically saying that damaged property or stolen goods is is more worth your time and conversation and more important than the whole purpose of the of the protest which is the fact that like black men and black women are losing their lives unfairly and there's no accountability yeah so I'm not saying that looting is okay. And I'm not saying that it's not unfortunate for businesses that have had their property damaged, but I'm saying that that should not be the focus of the conversation when you're talking about what's going on in the world right now. That's not a way to hold space Mm -hmm. for the community that is impacted. Yeah. Thinking about why that's the first thing you think about. Yeah. (laughs) I agree. Whew. That was heavy. There's so much more that like we could probably dive into and, but I want to be, um, conscious of the fact that like, this is also like heavy for us. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're still processing. So I hope that everything we shared was helpful, um, around this. We want to be, again, we didn't want to be tone deaf. We want to make sure that we're sharing our thoughts and that we're, we're with our communities and, um, please, please, please like just do your part. Um, it's so important. And, you know, I, I, I pray and hope that things get better. Um, 
sooner than later. And, you know, I just, I just, I just, I just pray for, for better days. So that's all I got on that. Thank you for listening. All right, y'all. Um, make sure to check us out on, or give us a rating on <laughs> um, iTunes. iTunes if you can. Um, but we will, I think we're back. I think we're back. We're back. A consistent schedule. Um, we apologize for not being here, but as we, we said, we were moving across the country and we're dealing we're with a lot. To hold space for ourselves, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, we, we wish everyone, um, we send everyone a lot of positive and healing vibes during this, this time and um, we'll catch you next time. Bye, everybody. Peace.